Hello everybody and welcome to Sound of Play. Every Wednesday in Sound of Play, we bring you some of our and your favourite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 173 is composer Peter Schlosser. Welcome to Sound of Play, Peter. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. So Peter's credits include, well, a lot of TV and film, uh, as well as uh, having contributed in uh, in a significant way to the soundtracks for certain games, including uh, Gears of War 3, Gears of War 2, Destiny 2, Sims 3. Uh, Sim, was it? Yeah, Sims 3. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a number of uh, a number of TV programs you may be familiar with, including uh, Agents of Shield and Desperate Housewives. Uh, also, uh, you've also collaborated with a couple of popular bands, which we might talk about later on, if that's all right. Sure. 
Uh, um, but uh, obviously the focus of this podcast is video games and we've opened with a piece from uh, quite a recent game that's still very much uh, in people's minds and uh, in the news as expansions continue to get released uh, it's Destiny 2 so uh, Peter tell us about uh, how you got involved with Destiny 2 and uh, and what your work entailed on uh, on that project uh, so I, I I got involved with Destiny 2 through um, the music director, who, uh, Sky Lewin, whom I've known for, ooh, I don't know, maybe 50, no, maybe about 20 years at wow. this point. Um, so we went to college together, um, and we did a lot of projects together. We, we majored. We, we were both dual major. He was doing music production and engineering, as was I, and then his other major was... was um, Per, uh, percussion performance and I was my other major besides music production was uh, film scoring and so we did a lot of projects in the studio together and we we just got along really well from the start um, he moved to LA I moved to LA he did a lot of uh, projects on his own here um, he did a lot of music editing for television and films um, and Fast forward to about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Uh, he, um, I think he's been there a bit longer now, maybe three years. He he got hired at Bungie in Seattle, and he called me and he said, "Hey, uh, what are you up to?" And I said, "Well, what do you have?" And he says, "We have this mm-hmm. game called Destiny Two. Would you like to work on it with us?" And of course, I I jumped at the chance to do that to to work with him and Mike Salvatore and uh, C. Paul Johnson. At the time, he was still working at Bungie. And uh, that sort of brings us to now. They, they haven't shown me the door, so I think I must be doing something right. Yeah, we're going to hear a piece later, <laughs> an even more recent piece from, uh, from the major expansion. So yes. what, wh- when you work on these projects uh, collaboratively, obviously, as you say, there's already some name, uh, you know, very well-known and respected composers on board. Um, how, do you, how does this collaboration work? Uh, this is what I always, I'm always intrigued by when, when we have composers on Sound of Players, how the, the kind of to and fro works, how much work you do actually together or whether you work in isolation um, or, yeah, how, how, just how does it go down? Well, the, the, um, the vetting process, you know, so to speak, you know, has been happening throughout my friendship with, with Sky. And so that, that, that led to a lot of shorthand when he called me and he said, hey, so this is, you know, he gave me sort of a synopsis of, of the workflow um, of course, I'm giving you the the uh, the Twitter version, the very yeah, short course, version of it. Of but um, he, you know, there was a lot of things that did that didn't need explaining because we've we we know each other's you know pedigree, so to speak. Mm. So he knows what I know, um, and so as far as me writing cues, it would it would be you know very uh, isolated uh, uh, procedure, I suppose, in, in in my studio because I'm I'm in Los Angeles and they're in Seattle. Uh, but there is always, you know, there's this constant communication, whether it's email or text or phone. Um, and because Mike and Sky are on site, they get to be, work on the game a lot sooner than I do, knowing what the themes are as far as the, yeah. the story, not not just musical themes. But then based out of that, they write musical themes. And then that, that gets then thrown onto me. And then they say, hey, look, this is kind of what we need. This is what we've done. Can you do your take on this on this theme, for example? And that was sort of the uh, the, the back and forth. Um, and you know, there's always I send them things. They send me feedback. 
whether it's something that doesn't work in the game or musically, I do some fixes and send it back. So there's a lot of communication back and forth. Mm. And uh, so I think most of the pieces we're going to hear from your canon today are in the sort of uh, dramatic, uh, uh, symphonic, orchestral, cinematic kind of mold. But uh, if, if your online profile is to be believed, you started out uh, singing in choirs and then playing piano and then, and then playing uh, saxophone and playing jazz. Is that right? Yeah. So I was, you know, had I been born maybe in the 60s, I, I would have been writing maybe some 80s TV music, but uh, right. But that didn't happen. So I was born uh, in 1980. So, you know, doing the, the, the kind of music that I do now, there really is no room for the saxophone unless it's something that's very jazzy or, you know, very, very stylized. Mm. So, um, but I do use the saxophone. Well, I mean, I use my saxophone skills using a wind controller. Right. So I tend to use the wind controller a lot for writing so that I can write something that's a bit more natural uh, in terms of the phrasing and the breathing because I have to breathe rather than doing these very right. long, wow. you know, okay. expansive melodies. Huh. That's fascinating. Uh, as as uh, listeners will know that uh, although I love music and I love video game music, uh, I'm not a musician myself and I certainly... Um, yeah, so I'm I'm one of those lucky people who who gets to um, just hear it without understanding how it's been made, really, and and just appreciate the magic. But I am also really interested in in how it works. So uh, so this is where you play. Uh, you're effectively is, is it? Explain the wind controller to the to the. So layman. essentially, it, it it's it's essentially it looks like a clarinet or yeah. a soprano saxophone, mm-hmm. and it is. Uh, you know, I, I play it just as I would any woodwind instrument, and that that data gets then transferred into ones and zeros, and that'll you know that'll trigger whatever instrument sure. I'm I'm using. Mm. Um, so I find it much more natural to write melodies that way because what what tends to happen with with uh, certain composers is that they write these very very long lines on say brass, and they're you know fortissimo brass, and then you go wait a minute. You know those people have to breathe when they actually play these melodies, <laughs> right? Right. So, of course, that's you know remedied with the orchestrator as a as a as a bit check and balance. Um, but I try to make sure that I can that that the phrases are more natural, sort of as we are speaking and you know we're constructing sentences. There are natural pauses where I need to breathe, I and see. I try to do the same thing with with music. That's really interesting. Okay, so uh, as always, when we have a composer guest on, not only do we get to hear some of their work, but we also uh, ask them to select a few pieces from other uh, composers, other pieces of uh, music from games that they've particularly been uh, impressed by or admired or fallen in love with. And the first one uh, that you've picked for us in this sound of play is from Batman Arkham City, uh, which was, uh, I think, uh, mainly Nick Arundel, but in collaboration with Ron Fish as well. Um, And the piece you've chosen is Sorry Boys. So uh, what is it about this particular piece that stood out to you? Uh, well, there's two things. I, I, my brother introduced me to. It was, it's funny. As as a kid, I used to like watching my brother play video games more than me actually playing yeah, it. Yeah. So I've never really been that great at them. Mm. Um, but Batman: Ar- Arkham City is one of the the few games that I actually am decent at, and I remember distinctly how how drawn I was to the score. Um, and this particular. Uh, piece it has some really great great orchestration. I love the the melody and octaves at the beginning. There's this very creepy and effective choir, and and they have, have some uh, some low woodwinds. I think it's a contrabassoon that's playing along. That's really 
really fun playing with along with the piano and these lower octaves. And the piece just kind of the piece just kind of keeps growing uh, gradually as it goes on. And then around 115, there's this great use of, of pizzicato strings that's really kind of creepy and eerie, which you don't always associate with, with pizzicato strings. So I, I really mm -hmm. love that about this piece. Sorry Boys by Nick Arundel uh, and or possibly a bit of Ron Fish there from Batman Arkham City. Uh, I'm joined today by Peter Schlosser, the uh, composer. And I'm interested now because you picked a piece from Batman Arkham City. And I think um, every every post-1989 Batman soundtrack owes a little something to Danny Elfman's work on the on the first uh, Tim Burton film. Um, I think you, you can still hear it there. If there was a... If there was one f existing franchise, obviously you've worked on a couple of uh, massive, or three actually, including The Sims, massive, well-established, top-tier video games franchises. If there was one IP uh, that you could write for a superhero or an existing sci-fi saga or something like that, have you got? Do you know which one it would it be? Oh, that's a hard question. Um, I, I might, I might venture into Star Trek. Ooh, only because lovely. only because Star Wars is just such a <laughs> such an established thing with John Williams and that is something that I won't really ever touch. <laughs> We've been very lucky to have Gordy Hab on this show a couple of times who's written um some of the music for or a lot of the music for Battlefront the Star Wars games and uh yeah um people are sort of saying that he might be the natural one of the natural successors um to take over from John Williams now that he's uh, finally laying uh, his his Star Wars baton down so um yeah i mean that is a real that's really exciting obviously um uh michael Giacchino did some music for uh, star wars in recent times as well and um and he's also it's uh, it's his work on the recent star trek films as well isn't it he he did yeah i i um 
I liked. I think I I enjoyed his Star Trek work more than I did um, the Star Wars, mm. um, only because I think at this point I'm comparing that Star Wars to to John Powell's when he worked on on the solo film. Which yeah. I mean, I, I I'm an, a massive John Powell fan, and right. I can only aspire to be as good as he is. Um, and I think he does. He did an amazing job of combining, of, of grabbing the John Williams, but it's very clearly. John Powell. Yeah. You know, it's very much mm. his his voice and and I really really love that score. It's, it's so great. Mm, yeah, Gordy Hab said almost exactly the same words about that mm. score as well. It's really interesting. Uh, Gordy knows what he's doing. He's, he's uh, I admire sure his work a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, listener, uh, we covered Batman: Arkham City on our other podcast, Kane and Rince. Uh, we gave it a deep dive review back in issue one hundred and five. So check that one out. Next up, we have uh, a piece from uh, Peter's uh, oeuvre, his back catalogue. Uh, it's from Gears of War 3. Uh, so it's hard to believe now. We've, we've, we're a further two sequels down the line, and uh, and it's seven years since, uh, probably more like seven and a half years since this game came out. So um, must be, yeah, it must seem quite a while ago that you actually wrote these pieces for Gears. It, it does. It's it's funny to think about it. Um, I, I was looking at the date and I just couldn't believe how long it had yeah. been. You know, there's so much time that's passed in between. And I, you know, I see that, especially now as a father of two girls, where you know wow. they really kind of mark the passage of time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Gears, uh, most most of our listeners will, uh, if they have any kind of Xbox, uh, they'll probably have it in their library because they've pretty much been giving the, the Gears games away for the last few years in with mm. codes and, and, and whatever else, and they're on Game Pass. So you can download uh, Gears uh, 1, 2, and 3 to your Xbox One whenever you want. Uh, and when uh, should they be listening out for this piece, Full Circle, that you've chosen? So this, I uh, worked with um, Steve Jablonski, who was the composer on, on the show. I was working yeah. for him at the time. Um, this was a, a, I believe this was a cutscene of the game where where Dom sacrifices himself for the rest of the team. Oh, yes. uh, you know, he's in, in some sort of a vehicle and he sees, you know, his his, his uh, fellow man being eaten by by the bad guys and his only their only way out is for him to drive this vehicle into some sort of a container with flammable gas and, and make them all explode except for, you know, and keep his friends safe from that. That's right. So there's a, there's a bit at the end where I, I kind of go into uh, you know, a bit of a sort of an adagio thing that was um, inspired both by Joseph Trapanese's adagio for strings from yes. Tron as well as uh, some, you know, some, of course, Mozart's Requiem. So I, I, I stole from both of them and, and wrote this piece, which I, you know, they, they sort of gave me free reign on that, which was really fun. I said, okay, let's try it and see what happens. And, and there it was. <laughs> I thought I spotted that. Uh, but yes, always, always good to hear it reprised in whatever way. Uh, let's enjoy it, listeners. It's uh, Full Circle from Gears of War 3.
Gears of War 3's full circle there. I'm sure it brings back memories. Uh, Kane and Rince podcast issue five. That was uh, when the game was relatively new back in 2011 that we covered that or early 2012. Anyway, uh, you'll be able to hear our much more youthful, naive voices um, and swearing because we used to swear in those days uh, before <laughs> we before we realized it was a bad idea. Um yeah, so uh, is it correct, uh, looking at your discography, that your first uh, your first professional job was on Team America World Police? Uh, it was. I, I was very very new to working for Steve at the time. I was I was his assistant, um, and I my work on that wasn't musical. It was a lot more technical. So it right. was yeah. Um, it was coordinating, you know, with orchestrators and with with studios and. And the mixer and, and all that. Um, so I got to kind of look at all the the guts of, of how a piece is written for a film, which was which was really instructive and fun. Um, which I you know I ended up doing a lot of when I was working for Steve, just opening up his his sessions and and looking at all the entrails of of how a piece is is written. And you must have had uh, some uh, good laughs. I mean, I wonder if any of the jokes <laughs> were wore thin because you must have heard those those famous uh, comedy pieces a lot of times. I did. I, I'd heard some of them, but you know, the, those movies, are, they change so much from when you first get them to, to when they come out in the theater, even as you're scoring them there, there's so much, so much that changes in, in between that time. So I didn't really get to see the full end, you know, end product until it was in the theater. Mm, cool. And, uh, and an even earlier credit, actually, I noticed on SD Gundam Force, does, uh, you, you're down as score recordist. Yeah, that was uh, oh my goodness, that was a <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> yeah, also working for for let's see who I think I was also working for Steve at the time. Um, I, I was called in to, to I think we recorded some of that at Fox here in, in L.A. And you know, it was one of those things where they said, "Do you know how to do this?" And I said, "Yes." And then I figured it out as soon as I could. You know, <laughs> learn it before the session. Um, and it, you know, it, it, it turned out well. That was really fun because you know, SD Gundam Force is such a such a huge, you know, kind yeah. of a, it has such a huge following. So it was really fun to be a part of that. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm always fascinated by the uh, the incredibly eclectic sort of uh, CVs that you guys often have to kind of. Um, it's not like uh, necessarily that a lot of you are, are not sort of, you know, child prodigy composers and, and people who, you know, like compose their first symphony at uh, at nine years old. And, and then so obviously you're going into composition. There's a whole there's a there's kind of a more almost in some ways a conventional career path through the kind of the all the different roles of being involved in composition for films, TV and, and games. Absolutely. I think there's there's a rite of passage that needs to happen. You know, I started as a as a runner at a studio, which right. essentially means you and you take out the trash, you go and get food orders and yep. you know, oh, we need a guitar pedal, go get it. Um <laughs> and you know, you have to kind of just, you know, do it with a smile on your face and you learn so much along the way. You know, if if anybody, you know, right out of college would have said, "Here, write write some music for this project, whatever it is—a TV show." Or, you know, I would have I would have drowned right away. So it's really important to know, you know, besides knowing the music, knowing how to how to handle yourself, how to be in a room with with people, with producers is is so incredibly important. Just as important than the skill of writing music. 
Yeah, that's that's really important because I think there's a tendency for those of us outside to think that it's, uh, I guess it's like the, the nearest analogue would be like a, a rock band where they're playing a gig in a tiny bar somewhere and a promoter just happens, you know, A&R guy happens to be there and see them and sign them up and that's it. They're now rock and roll stars. But it's it really doesn't seem to be like that for many. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, you never really see how the sausage is made. You just kind of see the end product and you go, oh, they went from obscurity to fame in, in a yeah. day. Nobody does. <laughs> no. Now we have a piece that you've picked from us from a, a, a much loved game among the team, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Um, so this is Moon Studios 2015 game. Uh, this is a, a quite a short piece, but I notice when I when I went uh, looking for it on YouTube today, this is one of those pieces where there are umpteen extended mixes of it. So people just want this tune looped for like up to 10 hours because <laughs> they love it yes, so much. And so do I. It's right. such a gorgeous piece. Yeah. Did you uh, you say by, by your own admission, you're not that hot of a games player? I imagine that Ori and the Last Forest, which is uh, is quite well known for being a, a particularly tricky game, particularly before the uh, the sort of the definitive edition. Um, did you get all the way through it? I I have to you know be honest and, and tell you that I have not played the game, but I okay. listened to the score quite oh, a bit. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I um you know I'm, I I just met Gareth uh, Coker at uh, at uh, Soundtrack Alone when oh, I great. where I went to speak at um this past summer. He's you know lovely man and you know incredibly talented composer. And and this piece just really speaks to me because you know I I love the felt piano at the at the beginning. Um, it, it's I love how there's this really beautiful harmonic movement that that is in a kind of a modal realm, which which means it doesn't you know it, it's not it's not a uh, a ma- you know sort of a major scale. It it, mm. it sounds almost Celtic. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's this really gorgeous voice at the beginning, and and, and just the harmonics are, or the harmonic movement, the chord changes are, are so so unexpected, and it, it just keeps it really kind of haunting and fresh. It's really gorgeous. That was Ori Lost in the Storm by Gareth Coker, also featuring Airely Brighton and also Rachel Mellis and Tom Boyd. Uh, but I found it harder to pick those out. But that's the official credits. Uh, but I assume Airely Brighton is the is the key voice you hear on there. I think we featured her before on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, Gareth Coker, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to come you, uh, for you to come on Sound of Play and join us in the way that, uh, that Peter is today. That would be amazing. Uh, we covered Ori and the Blind Forest, did our usual review treatment of it on the Cane and Rinse podcast issue 228.
I'm joined today by my guest Peter Schlosser, a composer for uh, Gears of War 2 and 3 and Destiny 2. Uh, and that's uh, what we're going to hear from in a moment. But before we do, uh, I also find myself intrigued, if you don't mind me saying, Peter, by uh, by your background, because um, you come from an interestingly kind of, you, you have a mixed heritage, a diverse uh, sort of backdrop to your your life. And uh, you were born in South America. Uh, in Central America. I Central, was born in sorry, Guatemala. My, that's yes. my geography being utterly appalling. I'm so sorry. No worries. Central America. <laughs> I should know because uh, a girlfriend of mine went to visit Guatemala years ago. But uh, yes, uh, that's my bad. So Guatemala. Memories yes. of Guatemala? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll try to do that, like a very short version. My mother was born in Holland and she moved first to El Salvador and then to Guatemala. My grandfather was uh, a captain in the Merchant Marines and these, they ultimately stationed him in, in, first in El Salvador and then Guatemala. And then my parents met in Guatemala. And then on my father's side, my great-grandfather moved from Germany first to the UK and then eventually in Guatemala. And he ended up working in coffee. Uh, my my grandfather was born. He went to school in Washington, D.C., where he met my grandmother, who was American. Mm-hmm. And then they moved to Guatemala, where you know, my father was and my they ended up meeting there, my parents. Um, I was in Guatemala until I was eight years old. Right. And from there, we moved to Austria uh, because huh. of my father's uh, job. He used to yeah. work for, for DHL. And then I was there for three years. That's where I started playing piano and singing in choirs. And for a spell, I really considered uh, joining the Vienna Voice Choir, but we left before that could happen. Wow. And uh, from there, we went to Panama for three years. From Panama, we went to Costa Rica, and that's where I graduated high school. And from there, I went to college in Boston. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that we, I think we can just detect a few little uh, bits in your accent there from, from the various places you've been. Uh, although I guess uh, I guess you sound fairly American now, but um, obviously, yeah. And you, I, I didn't know uh, before speaking to you. Obviously, I saw your name was Germanic. I'm a, I'm a quarter German myself, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I, yeah, I didn't know you could have uh, could have sounded German. But um, yeah, it's fascinating. Do you think your uh, that backdrop of having so much? Uh, sort of international influence actually does how is it this might be a trite or a glib thing to say but does it have an influence on on your composition style i i think so i mean i i, I think it's interesting so it might be an, an, an ear thing um i've always been pretty you know fairly good at languages and at, and at yeah. imitating and you know an interesting kind of a funny story is when i when i lived in austria i had you know my teacher suggested that I should have a tutor for German for my German writing because my German writing was not great even though I had gone to an Austrian school in Guatemala but it was just not up to par and for the longest time my tutor thought that I was just not really getting it she was convinced you know up, up until the point where I said to her I was born in Guatemala German is not my first language she kind of have had an aha moment and realized Oh, you're foreign. Okay, now I get why you don't you don't write the language <laughs> properly. <laughs> and so I think the ear thing has really really helped me. Uh, you know, I've been exposed to a bunch of different you know different kinds of music. My I like I don't know how true this story is, but I I, I like to believe uh, my mother where she would say that I would steal whatever she was listening to. So whether it was you know Bach or Mozart or whatever and i would take it to my room and then i would also turn on some salsa and some merengue you know mm. so i i listened to a lot of different different things 
Uh, and I like to think that that has all influenced the way that, that I write music. And it must, uh, although we were saying earlier, you know, for the kinds of games that you have written pieces for, uh, the the kind of the jazz and the saxophone don't necessarily play a part. But actually, one of the things, uh, you know, we try to cover the the sort of the breadth of, of music types from the, the history of, of video games on this show. And we've had pieces from like Grim Fandango by Peter McConnell and things like that. Um, perhaps some more, perhaps there are uh, projects out there, perhaps in the independent space or slightly alternate projects where you would get to uh, uh, flex your, your jazz muscles and and uh, break out the sacks that would be incredibly fun and incredibly intimidating but i w- i would be definitely up for the challenge you know if they if they you know come out with you know a, a newer version of la noir or you know something of the sort i right, yeah I, i'm happy to give everybody my phone number so they can get get in touch <laughs> you might have priced yourself out of the indie market by working on <laughs> things like destiny 2 i don't know but uh, you might have to work for a scale or something um so yes, because of projects like Destiny 2, our next piece is uh, another one from that game. Uh, this is called Titan. So what do you remember about putting this piece together? Um, Titan, I think, might have been the first track that I recorded um, live, you know, that I wrote and then, you know, we recorded with the orchestra. And then that, oh, wow. that really seemed to come to life when the orchestra played it when I, I had a bit of a moment where I went, oh that's what i meant okay that actually does work um which seems to happen often when you know it's really it's such a treat to be able to be in front of the orchestra and have them play your music because it stops being just you in a room yeah. with samples it because you know it really they they, they start moving air and it, it really comes alive and they put a bit of themselves into the music um so to, you know toward, especially toward the end of the piece uh there's a bit of a, you know, sort of a heroic moment, which is, isn't entirely out of danger yet, but it was, it was really just incredibly fun to, to grab the, the themes from, from Sky and, and C. Paul and, uh, and Mike Salvatore and, and, and be able to kind of do my own take on those. They, they really kind of said, here, you, you have, have, go nuts, have fun with these. And, and I definitely did.
That was Titan by my guest Peter Schlosser from Destiny 2. Keen gamers that you all are, you may have received that game in uh, recently on PlayStation Plus for PS4 as part of your subscription there. Or indeed Activision uh, Blizzard have been giving it away uh, up recently up until uh, the time of recording on uh, on the Blizzard, you know, the old Battle.net client as well. So you might have it in your library. So if that takes your fancy, uh, you could download it and actually give it a play. Um, if nothing else, uh, you'll hear some great music. Uh, and yeah, by all accounts, uh, even those who haven't been sucked in by the uh, the going back for regular uh, sessions, the uh, the single player campaign was uh, very warmly greeted at the time. Um, so yeah, surely that's worth checking out for for nothing. Christmas is a coming. Uh, we covered Destiny One. And The Taken King and Rise of Iron back in Kana Rint's podcast, issue 284. Someday we may cover Destiny 2. It all depends. We have a list, as you well know. Uh, so now another request or another track that Peter has brought to us uh, from a game that we're just about to cover on the other podcast, actually, uh, as it's been out a couple of years now uh, after its tremendously long gestation period. And actually, I, I was wondering, uh, as I uh, as I dug this tune out, uh, the overture from the Last Guardian. I wonder when Takeshi Furukawa actually composed this. Like, I wonder at what point in the process, uh, the development process that lasted uh, so many years. Because I know uh, that obviously when uh, when voice actors do uh, their parts for like CG films, often it's uh, it's four or five years before they actually get to. Uh, do the promotion and they're all like I don't remember what I said I wonder if it was like that for Takeshi Furukawa like I, I don't know at what point maybe he came in at the end or maybe he was there from the start do, do you know at all Peter? Uh, he was there from the start so it's funny you know uh, Takeshi and I um, we both went to Berkeley um, I don't know if we were there at the same time right? Uh, but we became friends here, here in LA uh, we both sort of grew up you know so to speak at the same time he was working for Kevin Kiner as I was working for Steve Jablonski so he's right. working on uh, Clone Wars and 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 then we you know we sort of went on our own um, 
you know, left being the, the assistantship jobs and, and became sort of composers on our own. So it was, it's been kind of a treat to see him succeed. He's, he's, he's an incredibly talented composer and, and as, as talented as he is as a composer, he's such a sweet, sweet guy. Um, so I believe he was there from the very beginning. He was, he was working on this for, for a very long time. Um, mm. So I, I'm not sure. I think maybe five or six years that he's he's been on it. I um, figured that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and I it's, interestingly, he was also at uh, at Soundtrack Cologne, and so he he talked a lot about the Last Guardian and how he approached it. And you know, he he's such a great he's he's so great with with the string writing. It's just so so beautiful, and the the unexpected harmonic movements in this piece are are just a really just a treat, and so much to learn from just listening to this piece. From The Last Guardian by Takeshi Furukawa, Overture Law, 
the 2016 PS4 game. We're covering that soon on Cana Rince. It'll be issue 347. Should be fairly close. Uh, we'll be recording it, I think, as I speak, in about four or five days' time. Uh, the Last Guardian soundtrack uh, won some awards. Uh, IGN Award for Best Original Music. Uh, the Premio Drago Doro Formiglio Colonna Sonora. Uh, that's <laughs> apologies for my pronunciation. It's also nominated for the BAFTA, uh, the Dice Award, uh, the IFMCA Award, the SXSW Gaming Awards for excellence. Um, so that'll be that'll be nice uh, for for <laughs> some kind of recompense for five or six years' work uh, for Mr. Furukawa. I'm very very pleased to hear from Peter, who knows him that he, that he's a he's a good man and a nice fellow. Uh, so track seven we're up to. Uh, Peter has brought another piece from the Gears of War 3 soundtrack. Uh, Live for me. Uh, and what do you remember about this one? Again, going back into your memory banks from many, many years previously. This one um, it was was definitely sort of a, you know, I mentioned on Full Circle from the one that we listened to before uh, that I tapped into some some uh, Mozart. This this was full on, you know, Lacrimosa from the Requiem, where I sort of did my take on that. Um, especially toward the end, there's a there's a voice, and you know, this is this is the, I believe it's sort of the end scene where where Marcus finally finds his father after however many years he thought he was dead, and and mm. you know he's got a little bit of a moment with his father, and then his father dies. So it's it's very very dramatic, and and so I, I decided okay I'm gonna just go full on out and see see what happens, send it in, see what Steve says, see what the producers say, and and they they seem to have liked what I did, and that was you know, incredibly fun, and and you know doing these different kind of punctual lines, and it, it was a real treat to then also have it be recorded and and have it have a live orchestra bring it to life.
Gears of War 3, Epic Games, Xbox 360, 2011, uh, from, uh, yeah, for uh, Live For Me, the piece there. Uh, excellent stuff. Uh, I'd like to replay all those games at some point, but, uh, but you know, time and the <laughs> ever, the ever uh, increasing backlog of more and more and more and more games. And yes, keep... and being adults and, you know, doing adult things kind of thing prevents us yeah. from uh, indulging. I try, to avoid. <laughs> I try to avoid doing too many adult things. Uh, um, but yeah, even then, even without children and all that, uh, time still is at a premium. And yes. they keep releasing more games. I don't know if you've noticed, but they, they, they don't have a, gap <laughs> they, just they just keep, keep going yeah i know they just keep going yeah yeah uh, which is good for me you know i get to keep working on them too true too true <laughs> uh so uh steve returned for gears judgment didn't he um did you you're not involved on that particular uh i was gig? not no that oh, was okay. that was all him and uh i believe it was jacob shea who also did he also an incredibly talented composer and you know wonderful human being he he worked on um on the BBC uh, series, the documentaries, uh, uh, I, the name escapes me. Um, but he did all the, the, the two nature documentaries. Oh, him okay. and, and Planet Earth yeah. type stuff. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank right. you. I don't know why that was that was a hard, but yeah, he worked on I those. Did not with, know, with I did Steve. not know that connection, actually. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. It's obviously. all very incestuous over here. It's uh, yeah. you know, We're all connected <laughs> somehow. <laughs> and then for Gears 4, it was obviously it was a ch- uh, change of actual development studio to the Coalition. Um, and I suppose they, although the game, I, I would say, uh, not having finished it, but having played some of it is, uh, is you know, very obviously another Gears of War game uh, for mm-hmm. You know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I think uh, with with Ramin Jawadi, they went for a, a slightly different kind of sound, or well, certainly a new composer. Maybe, uh, do you think that was a, a deliberate choice or a strategic one? Or I'm not sure. I mean, it's it's also possible that that uh, you know Steve might have just been busy working busy. on films. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's working on all the transformer stuff and, and yeah. you know so that's that's also possible not that ramin isn't busy doing you know seven tv shows and 50 movies and <laughs> it's all schedules though isn't it but yeah. yes yeah 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 so uh yeah it sounds like um and i, and I get this impression when i uh, whenever i interview a composer you know uh, generally I, I get to speak to american composers most um and yeah it's like you all kind of know each other a bit um, and I guess that's partly from going to uh, industry dues, award ceremonies and all that kind of thing. But generally, you know, you'll have each other on speed dial kind of thing or uh, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I know, you know, I know Steve, I, you know, because I was working at Remote Control, which is, you know, Hans's studio and, and Ramin was there and, and Jacob right. is was or is still there. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so Hans really kind of brings everybody together. So, we, you know, we've known each other for yeah. for a while and we've gone through, you know, we've been through the trenches. Uh, so we've, you know, we've, there's definitely a bond that that is formed um, as, as we go through these, you know, really kind of challenging and then really amazing projects. It all leads back to Hans Zimmer. Uh, it does. <laughs> and whenever I mention Hans Zimmer, I have to uh, I have to mention his uh, his game show uh, title theme, which was the 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 theme that we all knew. People my age, I'm 46, uh, was his uh, theme tune for uh, Going for Gold, which was a, a, a daytime daytime TV quiz show oh, and it's an incredibly cheesy little song but he, he laughs about it um he's absolutely you know um but 
it, you would not make the connection between this uh, very chirpy daytime TV thing and his famous, you know, blaring horns and all that kind of thing, and 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 this uh, this great studio of of talent that he's nurtured as well. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's quite. Funny. We all we all evolve. At least that's the hope. I mean, he certainly has. You know, it's, but it's. I think it's healthy to kind of look back and go, oh yeah, I guess I I, I did do that one. <laughs> Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was iconic uh, for those of us who were uh, taking sick days off school. Uh, now, a new name. I don't think we featured uh, Sarah Schachner before. Uh, or Schachner. I don't know how she prefers, prefers it said. Um, but uh, she wrote the theme uh, and the score for uh, last year's Assassin's Creed game Origins. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, this is a cool piece. A little different sounding from some of the stuff we featured today. Um do you know Sarah as well? <laughs> I I actually just recently met her. We were okay. at a at a preview for for Cubase 10 which which just came out and she's also a, a Cubase user. Mm. And so we we met at that. She is it, it's interesting because, you know, she's so she's so humble and she's she's just so down to earth and and then she writes these, you know, not that one is equated to the other, but you know, you, her music is just so powerful and mm. and, and and she's really just incredibly talented, not not just you know with as a composer, but as a musician. I think she plays cello and she plays violin, and, yeah. and she's a, she's a vocalist, and she's equally great with you know messing around with synthesizers. And so I, you know, I, I it was really really great to meet her, and you know I, I've been listening to her to her stuff for for a bit, and this piece especially is, and I don't know if this is her. I would imagine it might be her singing. Um, I, you know, I love the voice at the beginning. There's mm-hmm. such a really cool. A, a hook that's played, I think, on an electric cello. Um, and what I like about the piece is that it, it sounds almost like it's it's constructed and produced like a pop song. Um, and, and it's got this great percussion. And what I love about the percussion is that it's, that it's not necessarily driving the piece, um, but it she she writes it in in certain spots, which makes it so effective. You know, a lot of tracks have the ongoing percussion throughout the, the entire piece. This this mm. do, this doesn't do that, and it's just so it works so great.
that was the main theme from 2017's Assassin's Creed Origins. It's, of course, a Ubisoft Montreal game. And uh, Sarah Shackner is the composer. Uh, this year for uh, the uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Why can't I say Assassin's Creed? <laughs> I've been saying it too many times over the last decade. Uh, so it's The Flight uh, who did the music for this year's game. Um, I assume off the back of their work on Horizon Zero Dawn, which was a, a game we covered recently, which also has some spectacular music. Uh my guest today is uh, Peter Schlosser. Uh, we've been talking about his work in the industry and uh, and elsewhere as well. Uh, and he's also kindly brought some selections that you've been hearing throughout the show. Uh, remember, listener, please venture over to our forum at canarince.com slash forum or follow us on Twitter at canarince. Use the hashtag sound of play if you want. You could even go to our Facebook page and you can request your favourite pieces from the history of the video game soundtrack medium and we'll continue to include a selection in each show where we don't have a fabulous composer with us who gets to choose all the pieces. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast if you don't already. Leave us an Apple podcast review or rating or a re review or rating wherever you get your podcast from. It really does help more than you think. Uh, listen to our other podcasts that I already mentioned. Cana Rinse, that comes out on Mondays. And we have another uh, show on Fridays now. Uh, Peter mentioned the uh, how the sausage is made. Well, we tell you in the Sausage Factory on Fridays. Uh, <laughs> that's our development show where Chris O'Regan interviews the people who make the games. Uh, as I say, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you enjoy the show and you appreciate the time and the effort that we put into it, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash canarince. And every little dollar just 77p a month or thereabouts at the time of recording uh, really does help us out. Uh, before we hear about your final pick, your final piece for us, uh, I want to thank you for joining me, Peter, and telling us all about your work. It's been excellent. I'm always happy to, to talk about, you know, compose. I think we forget how, how much others enjoy listening to what we enjoy creating. And it's always really kind of surprising when they go, wait, tell me more about this. Um, <laughs> you know, because, you know, I, uh, you you think that people kind of you know roll their eyes at the at the geekery of it, but then there's so many fans that go no 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 go on please tell me more about how this is how this is done. So right. it's always really encouraging. Oh, that's great! Yeah, um, absolutely. You can buy the Destiny Two soundtrack from bungiestore.com uh, slash collection slash soundtracks. You'll find it in there somewhere uh, if you want to do that. Uh, but Peter, have you got anything you want to plug yourself? Uh, any social media outlets that you're uh, frequent on or any any other projects that you want to alert our listeners to? Uh, well, if, if uh, people are interested in my, my brain droppings, uh, Peter Schlosser is my, uh, my, <laughs> nice <laughs> my Instagram <laughs> handle. <laughs> so there's some, you know, maybe you'll find something interesting there. You know, I'm uh, you know, also on, on Facebook. I think it's also just Peter Schlosser, Peter with an I. Yep. Just in case, uh, Dutch, yeah. Dutch spelling. Thank you mm. for, for that, uh, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm currently, well, I just finished a series for Hulu. And I don't know if you'll be, I don't think you get Hulu in the UK, but it might be on mm. some other channel. It's called uh, Light as a Feather. It's sort of a thriller, horror -y type show. Oh, people will find it somehow. Yes, <laughs> by, I, I, I hope they do. By fair means or foul. <laughs> yeah, so we did 10 episodes of that. And, I, you know, I think uh, people will... I think people will enjoy it. Um, the other thing I, I just recently did was I worked with some friends in uh, who live in Mexico that do projection mapping. And so they've been doing some projection mapping on, on a, an ancient Mayan ruin in the south of Mexico called Etzna, which is uh, 
I think it's one of the main main pyramids in that region. And so what they do is they use a building as as a screen or as a backdrop, and then they project all kinds of you know they they produce a, like a story, and and the screen is essentially the building, and they make it you know they make it uh, do all kinds of really interesting things with these really powerful laser projectors. So that was the last uh, last project I've done, and uh, cool. we'll yeah we'll see what happens on the uh, on the next one. Sounds fantastic. Uh, so before we leave our listeners, uh, we're going to play out with Hive Extermination from uh, Destiny 2, the expansion Warmind. Uh, so this must, must be relatively fresh in your mind. Uh, I don't know how long ago you actually uh, laid this one down, as it were. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's a recent release, at least. It is. Yeah. So for this one, um, you know, again, I had I had really a lot of fun mangling and and. and and varying Mike and, and Sky's themes, um, and it was it was what was interesting about this release. I think it was Hive Mind. It was that there was um, there were three different variations of a single level where you had a past, a present, and a future. And what we did, you know, we we kind of reflected that with the music as well, where we had one piece that we wrote that was sort of the present. The past is a lot more pure. There's no electronics. It's a very beautiful world. The present sort of starts to kind of degrade and, you know, the enemy starts to come in and kind of take over. And the future is basically sort of, you know, very dire and, and everything's kind of falling apart. So that I think this particular piece, it was in, set in the present um, where it's still kind of beautiful and, 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 and heroic, but it's sort of starting to turn a bit sour. Um, and it was really fun to grab the same piece and then you know mangle it in different ways um i think the present was the first thing that i did and then from that i did the variations on the past and the future so this is the present version of of uh, of hive extermination it's an interesting uh sort of task that you get set there in that particular role that that you've played on on these games of of mangling other people's work uh, it's great it must, it's it must seem it must feel like a treat, but also I, I suppose that, is there any element of trepidation about Pete, of, the, of the the original composers being displeased? With what uh, you there isn't only because I mean maybe maybe at this point I'm comfortable enough where I know that I mm. can you know I, they, I take a lot of liberties because they give them to me you know they just say here here's the thing go nuts send it to me when you're done okay. so so they've been really gracious and and what's really fun is that. Um, a lot of times what happens is that I'll, I'll take their theme and, and, and I can't remember if it's happened, I think it's happened maybe several times where that theme of theirs, I, I, I do a variation where it's varied enough where it becomes a new theme. And then they use that theme on something else. So that's been kind of, you know, I mean, talk about collaboration. That's really, yeah. really great to do that. It's like, here, here's an original idea. Do your take on it. And so I do. And then I do an even further take from the original and that becomes a new melody and you're probably not allowed to tell us uh, have you is there any more in the pipeline for this particular project i don't know but i would imagine there is i mean it's such a you know huge franchise yeah. that I, I i think people are excited about whatever the next thing is and and so am i and i'm just sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring <laughs> good position all right well thanks again peter Thank you so much. It was a pleasure, pleasure being here. Um, and, and thanks for, for having me on. You're very welcome. And we'll leave you listeners with Hive Extermination. <laughs>